Brandon Steiner, and this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. Dennis, first of all, hello. How you doing? I love your t-shirt. My guy growing up. Back in the day, right? But you're always going old school. Like the last time you were wearing a Phil Jackson New York Knicks jersey. Absolutely. You're a little old school in you. You have a little old school in you. Well, you know, people these days are, you know, kind of giving Phil a little flack, you know, so you got to represent Phil. Well, here we are. Are you a baseball fan, a Yankee fan? Are you, are you feeling this new vibe that's going on here in the Bronx? Well, the last baseball game I ever went to was 1986. And what game was that? I was in Detroit. Right. That's when I got tried with the, with the Pistons. So I went there. Um, they invited us to the game. I sat there in the front row behind the screen. And um, the fifth inning, I fell asleep. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a baseball fan. But, you know, but, you know, I, I know Derry G, A-Rod, and all those guys. So they live in Jupiter right there in Florida. So you get to hang with some of the big boys. I got to get right to the, the core of the matter because I'm kind of thinking, how is this Yankee team and how great are they? And so explain to me why maybe the common denominator between that Piston great team and the Bulls great team, were there common denominators that equal championship? Like, what are the things that made those teams so great? When I was in Detroit, I think that um, the Tigers was uh, kind of big then. But I think when I went to Chicago, the Yankee was like, the shit, you know, they was like, they was balling, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think that they had a great dynasty in the 90s. I was talking more about the Bulls, but okay. the Yankees, <laughs> I told you to talk to the Yankees. But the Yankees were hot. I mean, there's no question they dominated. I'm surprised a guy like you didn't make your way over to Wrigley, I mean, just for the aesthetics of it. But, well, let's talk about the Bulls real quickly just because what was Jordan like? I mean, what was it like to play with him, and did he make you better? Did you play your best ball in Chicago or Detroit? Chicago, well, Detroit. You know, it was more like uh, they made me as a player, basketball player. And when I left Detroit, went to San Antonio, they didn't like me there, so I went to Chicago. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't, in San Antonio, I said, well, you have to go to church and be like David Robinson. I was like, okay, all right. So I go dye my hair, you know, wear women's clothes and stuff like that. So <laughs> they didn't like that either. So it's like, okay, great. So I went to Chicago, and things started to turn around for me. You're the guy I want to play. You, I want you on my team. Well, I like to shoot. And you get the rebounds. And how did you become such a, real, a great rebounder? And what, how did this happen? Well, it didn't happen overnight. I just dedicated myself to just do one thing, to play defense and rebound. You know, I just looked at the team we had with, in Detroit. We got Joe Dumas, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Bill Lambert, Vinnie Johnson. So basically, I don't need to be a scorer. So I just changed my game totally around. It's okay, great. Let me go do the dirty work. And I just started rebounding, started playing defense. And I played all the best, the toughest guys in the league for like seven years for Detroit. Go to San Antonio, play all the toughest guys in the West. Win two rebound championship there. That's two divisions. Then go back to Chicago, to Chicago, win three rebound titles and three championships. Who even knew that was going to happen? Chuck Daly, Phil Jackson, two phenomenal Hall of Fame coaches. A preference, difference between the two of them? Well, Chuck Day was more like a father, you know, more like a father figure because when I came in, I was 25 years old, I was so green behind the ears. You know, I'm living in Oklahoma, and it was like population 716 people. 
So seriously, it's a true story. And uh, living on a farm, you know, and plowing, castrating calves, you know, doing all this stuff like that. So, you know, a black guy from the ghetto coming to learn stuff like that. But it was a great experience for me because it, it made me feel like that, you know, I had a royal family now. And uh, it made me work hard because uh, living on a farm, you have to wake up at 5.30 in the morning till like 6, 7 at night. So, so I got that whole work mentality about work, living on a farm. Was Chuck Daly uh, somebody that was that took a real strong interest in you early on? I mean, is that what kind of even elevated you even more to be the player you were? No, I just think that he let me just be a man more than anything, you know. Because when you're around when you, when you're around men, and force playing basketball, it's, it elevates your whole lifestyle, and you have to look you have to look at, at people as an example and stuff like that. So I looked at those guys like, wow, you know, these guys have actually been in the league for a long time. So I just wanted to be just like them. So more, the more I listened and learned, the more I became, you know, you know, just, you know, this great player. I've talked with you many times, you know, about parenting, winning, rebounding, the dresses. But behind all that stuff, like, who are you, though? I mean, what, what, who, who are you more as the person? What is, real, what is the real Dennis Rodman? What, what is that? I was thinking this morning, like, you're an interesting cat, man. You've done some phenomenal things, really, when you think about it, really. But who are you, though, behind all that? Then share that with us. I don't know. I guess I'm the guy supposed to save the world. <laughs> so you don't know a career thing, you know? <laughs> so, so, so I guess I'm the guy now, right? You know, I, I just, you know, it's, it's very difficult now because, you know, I used to be a follower when I came to the league. I didn't know what direction I was going. I just wanted to play basketball. And that's, I think that field took a liking for me because of that, because I wanted to play so bad. And every day, it's like three times a day I'd be in the gym working on stuff like that. So um, my whole life changed when I went to San Antonio. And um, it, was a, it was just really a life-changing experience. Tell so, me about it. What, what, so, what happened? Nothing really. You know, I'm still alive. So you know, I'm still alive. So it's one of those things where it's a transition where when your team is getting that separated from, 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 from the organization with people going from different teams, stuff like that, and you thought you had a family, and the next thing you know, you're just more like by yourself. So basically, I just thought, like, I didn't give a, you know, I didn't care. Did, so, the, did the moving from Detroit hurt you? Because you guys were very tight. You guys were like family. Did that, when that breakup happened, did that, was that hurtful to you? I mean, emotionally or? or? Uh, it, it, it was very hurtful because I thought it was going to be there forever. And uh, when, when Chuck Daly left, I mean, I mean, I guess John Sally left. Everybody started to leave. Rick Warren left. Then I just said, well, I'm not going to play here anymore. So I left. I, I locked myself in my house for like 45 days. They thought I was dead in my house. What did you do for 45 days? Nothing. I just stayed in my house. I went to the gym. That was it. So you were in pain. It was, you, you were, it, was just, it was just more like, you know, I'm just like, wow, I should retire. You know, I just, just go back to Dallas and something like that, you know, start over. So would you say, just sliding back over, because you mentioned something about working out three times a day. If you want, do you think part of your greatness was that you were so resilient and so relentless about getting in shape and just lived and died, completely consumed, committed towards your, your, your profession? Is that kind of what happened that made you into that player? No, not, not really. If people always say, you know, how did you stay in shape you know, so much? You know, I used to stay in the gym like two times, two times a day. You know, like doing practice, doing in the morning, and it's, it's going to trip you guys up. But you know, like 
three, four o'clock in the morning after drinking, I would go to the gym and start working out again. That's pretty relentless. And, I mean, that's really relentless. Seriously, that's really relentless. Coming from a bar, then go to the gym and just start whatever, start just working out. Michael Jordan. <laughs> what was it like playing with him? Talk, talk to me about what that day-to-day -day experience and and was it, was he everything that we think he was to play with? Did he did he, did he expect perfection every night? Well, I think he knew the team that he had. I think the missing pieces, the missing piece was was me, and I think the fact that he didn't want that told Phil Jackson we need we need a rebound, and Phil Jackson came and got me and said, Dennis, do you want to play for me? And I said, I don't give a damn. And so this in the Jerry Cross's house, Mike was there, Scotty was there, Phil was there, and so he he asked Mike and Scotty, you want Dennis on the team? And said, Yeah, we want him. We'll take him. So Phil came to me and said, hey, Dennis, you know, Mike and Scott, they'll prove that they, you know, they want you on a team. And Phil said, I want you to do one thing first. I said, what's that? He said, why don't you go over there and, say, why don't you go over there and apologize to Scotty? <laughs> I, said, I said, for what? You know, he said, you know, what happened in 1991? He still haven't got over that. So I said, I want him to apologize. He said, okay, great. He said, let's go play basketball. Wow, it's just like that. I like I like Phil Jackson. I'm a fan, but what are we missing here in New York with Phil? I mean, what is it that's not what is it not New York understanding about the way Phil's mindset works? Can you help us here a little bit? Everyone know Dolan, right? Everybody know Dolan. <laughs> he can be a little pain sometimes, right? He can be a little he can be a little difficult sometimes, you know. But I don't know. I, Dolan must have saw something in Phil that he probably, probably thought that he could change the organization. And Phil is a very smart guy. He's a very smart guy. I think that people say that Phil's probably over the hill now. He's probably trying to bring the Chicago system to New York and try to make people do the triangle and stuff like that. It worked for us because we knew that we understood the fact that who's going to touch the ball, who's going to shoot the ball. But in New York, the mentality in New York is totally different. They love to win in New York. If you don't win in New York, that means that you know you're no good here. And I guess that Phil hasn't really came, you know, a grasp to that yet, that they want to win, win, win here, but they want a diff different system. Who's winning? Oh, oh, first of all, was your Bulls team the greatest team ever, and how would you stack up if you had to go play Golden State today? Well, people don't realize that Golden State back in the, back in the late, by probably the mid-'80s and early-'90s, they was way better then. They was good then. It's the fact that they was caught up in, the, in that in that whole run and shoot game back in in, a, in the eighties. You know they was scoring a hundred and what ten, fifteen points then. You know up running down, up and down, up and down. It's the same thing what they're doing today, but it's a new generation though. So and plus back then you, you when you go to the to the basket you're gonna get hit. You know now you can't even do anything. I mean you can't you can't do, you can't even touch anybody. <laughs> so, okay, so you'd be put in jail for, for on the Pistons. Right? Pretty much, right? But who would win that game? I mean, who would you want? First, who would you want to guard? You got Durant locked down, or? Well, you know what? <laughs> she said no. <laughs> so, so <laughs> no, but you know what? You have you, you probably have three of the probably the all-time best defensive player on one team. Me, Mike, and Scotty. So we didn't care who we guarded because we were all the same size. You know, I think Scotty people would like would like to rat down. Mike will lock whoever's down. I will lock whoever's down. 
It don't matter, you know, because we, you know, we play defense. These guys today don't play defense. You guys took a lot of pride in defense. I didn't realize the Bulls with that. I mean, I know I know Michael played a lot of defense, but you felt that as a team you were committed to defense. Pretty much, pretty much, you know, because any given night, Michael Jordan's going to score 35 points every night. And when I started going to get his 20 and, 20 and 9, 8, Michael get his 35, 8 and 7, I'm going to get my 22, 23 rebounds, 5 points. I'm going to get that every night. So that was a given. <laughs> that, was, that was just a given every night, so. Wow, I, uh, sir, are you, you're, you're saying you're playing Golden State, you're guarding Curry, it doesn't even matter who you're guarding. It, don't, it really don't matter. I mean, Green, Durant. <laughs> see, those guys I'd right love there. to see you against Draymond Green, though. No, that's, that I, I, I call the tougher guys than Draymond. He, does, he loves to talk. He loves to talk and stuff. Like he loves to talk, though. He, he wants to be this, you know, focal point of the team. He wants to be the, the leader of the, you know, communication system and stuff like that. So, and most other guys don't want to talk. He wants to talk. You know, if I play against Draymond, I, it don't really matter because I play against guys that's 250, 16, mobile. I mean, Carl Malone was six, six foot 10. That guy can run and dunk and shoot, you know. And I mean, play, and he was tough. I mean, so Draymond would be too easy for me to guard. All right, we do. We'll do a cute little Q&A. Just one thing. Give me your starting five. Give me your five guys. I'm putting you in the – moving away from you. You'd be the four if I had my team. But give me your five guys you, you'd pick if you were picking a team. Current, former, doesn't matter. Who's your five guys? Point guard? You know someone would the point guard? Yeah. No, one, two, three, four. Start five, with your point five. guard. I'm not available, so I'm out. Well, for his toughness, I can score – I say Isaiah Thomas. Okay, and the team's got to fit together. So you, you oh, they fit, they fit together. I say, I say, Michael Scotty, James Worth, and Dennis. All right, there you have it. Wow. All right, we're gonna do some Q and A. Uh, it's a pleasure, man, to be here. First of all, um. I just want to know if there is there any superstar in today's game that you feel have a game that's comparable to yours? Not really, because if you look at the guy on the Clippers, what's his name, Jordan or something? But he's like seven foot, right? Seven foot, can't shoot, just like me. <laughs> shoot, no free throws, stuff like that. But, you know, but. I don't see anyone really committed to rebounding today. Not too many people. I mean, it's more like a run and shoot game. You know, come up to three point line, shoot. You know, stuff like that. So, not too many people. Not probably not none. Hey, Dennis, uh, over here from South Africa. Just want to ask you, what was it like being in North Korea with the great uh, Kim Jong Un? I, I had to. I'm sorry. It's just it's so interesting. It's all good. All good? No, it's all good. I mean, people want to take a lot of things that I say or I've done uh, very out of contents, which is very harm harmless. You know, and my main goal was to go over to two open doors as for sports. That was the whole thing. It wasn't about, you know, you, know, yeah, you didn't have any about. agenda. I didn't know agenda. I just wanted to go open doors for sports. And, and what people didn't realize the fact that I actually did open the doors for sports. And, you know, so basically, you got you got 
you got when I, when I brought the team over there, it was like 50 people went with me over that. 50 people, 50 people. And then when, when we played the game, and people didn't really see this stuff right here, when we went inside the, the arena, it was like 20,000 people. And it was, it was so funny, it was so funny. I told these guys to be prepared for this, man. You ain't never seen nothing like this in your life. So as the, as the marshal came out, he stood up there, and as the, the American team came out, they stood up and clapped for the American team for 20 minutes. For t 20 minutes. And people didn't see that. You know, then next thing you know, as we start playing the North Koreans, we start to score and the people start to clap for the Americans. And people didn't see that. And then when the game was over, all the guys are crying. They're doing all this stuff, crying, stuff like that. I'm walking in like, what you guys crying for? You know, it's like, you know, because they thought they were so scared because what's going to happen, you know, when they go home and stuff like that. But when he walked in, you never seen so many people that had smiles on their face. They want to take a picture with him. They want a picture. First thing they want a picture with him. They all got smiles hugging him and stuff like that. And he, and he said to, to the players, he said, you know what? I'm so happy you guys came over. Thank you. Then no one said that. They want to come back with all that negativity shit. And you know, stuff like that. So you know what? He loves basketball and stuff like that. And I said, you know what? He has done anything to me. What's going on in the world? I don't know anything about that. That's not my job. That's between the president and whoever else to, to, to deal with that. But he does give me the ability to go back over that year after year to play basketball. So I think I did open a door just a tad bit. Just a tad bit. You're thinking peace and love and basketball. That's what, pretty much what it is. Who was your favorite team and player growing up? Me. <laughs> oh. Who was your favorite team and player growing up? I didn't have a team or a player. Uh, the favorite team was the Cowboys. I'm sorry, Pat, I live in Dallas, so. <laughs> Me, my favorite team's the Cowboys, too. The Cowboys, right? So that's my favorite team, so. Were you a big sports fan growing up? I mean, did, did you live or die with sports as a kid, or you really kind of became later on? Well, I wasn't a big sports fan because I was so busy trying to stay out of jail. So, so, so just telling you, so busy trying to stay out of jail. So, you know, living in an environment. So, no, but I started getting into basketball probably in the late 70s. Is that the only sport? Only sport. This one over here. I'm curious, how old were you when you first started? I was 22. 22 years old. Let me touch on another subject that's, and you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know about you, I watched some of these 30 for 30s and I'm just, I'm scratching my head wondering where I was when all this was going on because I thought I was kind of watching this stuff and then you realize so much stuff happens, you know, the game behind the game. At the end of the series where, the, you know, you don't shake the bull's hands, you leave the court and all that. Was that like, do you regret that now? Like, is that like, or do you just, you guys are just a bunch of badasses and that's just, that's just, that's it. But it's, you know, that, that whole thing right there started with the, uh, the commissioner here in New York. You know, in 1988, when we started to really come up, you know, in the, um, in the, in the, in the league, we started to become this, the Raider, you know, the Raider um, 
yes. in basketball. And more and more, we start to be more like the physical team in the, in the NBA. The the, the the NBA commissioner, David Stern, right? His yeah. name David Stern? Yeah, David Stern. David Stern started to call us, you know, the bad boys. And it's, it's just, every time we played, oh, they come the bad boys, here come the bad boys, and stuff like that. It just caught on. And then once we established that, then all of a sudden we became this really great team. And um, the Oakland Raiders, the whole team came to saw us in, in Detroit and gave us all Raider jackets, hats, and everything that like Al David came and stuff like that. And we was like, okay, great. I guess we are the Raiders of the, uh, of the, of the uh, basketball. Well, you guys were kind of bad. I mean, you know, Bill Lambeer was a tough player. He some nasty picks. It was just a part of the game back then, you know, because if you had if you had that structure of the game today, but it was under control, the game would be a lot better. It would be so much fun to watch because it's, it's very competitive now. You know, when you see people attacking people now, it's like a two-game suspension. Back then, it's more like you get hit in the face, whatever, shoot a free throw. <laughs> shoot a free throw, shoot a free throw. It's, it was controlled then. It was controlled then. It was like people running into the stands or people doing this and stuff like that now. But it's more like, you know, you can be physical today, but you can control it. Control it so it'd be a lot, the game would be a lot better. What's next for you? Like, what are you up to these days? Like, what's, what's the next thing for you? And give me a little typical day, what's going on with Dennis Robin. Like, where, where? People think I'm dead, seriously. <laughs> People think I'm dead. When I go out, I say, oh, my God, there he is. You know, so I'm saying, well, I ain't going nowhere, you know. So, but I've been, you know, living in Hawaii and Miami and L.A., just chilling, playing with my kids and stuff like that. So, watching my kids grow up now. How many kids? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's I, got, I, got four, I got four kids. Four kids. And you're, 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 you kid around, though. You're a pretty serious parent, though. We've talked about this a little bit. I mean, you're more serious a parent than you are, you know, when it seems to me, no? Well, I get emotional when I talk with my kids because I don't really be with my kids that much or not much of a dad, if you want to call it like that, because never, you know, in my life, a lot of people probably can contest this, I never, I didn't have a dad, so like most guys, never had a dad. So I think that's probably why Mother's Day is so much, so important to people because mothers are always there. Stuff like that. And I said, wow, wouldn't it be great that they did a whole just half of what they do for Mother's Day for Father's Day? Would they be happy? Maybe get these these so-called dads to come out the woodworks and love the kids, right? Hmm? That's a good point. Yep. So you, are, are you still involved as a dad, though? I mean, oh, absolutely. Now, these days I am. <laughs> so, you know, so my son's like six foot eight. And uh, he's going around the world right now playing on these uh, you know, these teams around the world. So my daughter's 14. She's on the U- U.S. national team now. And she's in Belgium right now playing soccer. So they're athletes. Yeah. Is there something next for you we're, we're before, you know, before we read about it in the newspapers? Are we going to see something next? <laughs> you know, for me, I got to do some really, really big stuff for people to actually say, wow, he's back. You know, I've done everything in the world. I've done everything. You know, I've dated girls. <laughs> I've did. I've, no, no guys. <laughs> I got to say, no guys. No guys. <laughs> you know, no guys, guys. No, no. Not that there's anything wrong with oh, that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the gay thing is a cool thing now. Okay, so so, <laughs> so if it's cool, that'll be gay. So it's all good. No, I've, I've done. I've done everything in the, in the book, man. You know, what's your favorite thing besides basketball that you've done? You're like, wow, I can't believe I did that. I said, 
Wow, I've never done it. Um, wow. I say the North Korean thing. Because, you know, I, I didn't expect to be so famous and so hated in the same month. <laughs> so seriously. That's right there. It was like, wow. I come back, you got 3,000 reporters all around the world at Beijing Airport, right? And you're trying to get through, and you can't get through it. They won't let you get to your car or your hotel. And then when you come back, they, they want to sit there and cuss you out and throw shit at you and stuff like that. And then next thing you know, it's like, okay, great. Three years later, and this is, I guess you guys know that three years later, you see on TV, everybody in Congress, governors, presidents around the country, they're saying, you know what? It'd be a great idea if we send Dennis back over to North Korea. I, I'm afraid yeah. to ask you this, but did you vote? Are you, uh, were you a Trump supporter, or are you, are you cool with this government the way it is, or are you not really... It's, you're, not, you're not even paying attention. Trump is something else, man. <laughs> I got some, Trump something else, man. I got to say anything, does he? You know, sometimes you act like you act like Trump don't know what the, what the fuck, what the hell he's doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's not like he's like, okay, great. You know, I'm just going to say what's on my mind. And and then when he made that comment about saying, you know what, I can't go back to Trump Plaza because it's too expensive. Do <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Do you guys hear that? Because it's cost like three hundred thousand dollars every time he goes down there. He says, so that's why he goes back to Florida to go play golf all the goddamn time. You know, the next thing you know, goes to the White House to do photo ops. And so, so, so they had to get, that's all, you know, but he's a great guy to me. He, he gave me a lot of opportunities. Are you thinking about something, you know, your next impact on the charity end of things? Are you, because you always have an impact with kids, being where you come from and everything. Are you, are you working on anything on that end? Well, I do a lot of charity work. I do a lot of homeless stuff like that because I was homeless of like, Two and a half years living in the street every day, you know. So when was that? I was like, I was 20, 20 years old, you know, twenty years old. So I was homeless, you know. And whenever time you see a homeless person, especially in New York, L.A., Miami, and Portland, and places like that, you would see them just just all over the place. But it's it's very hard not to just you know try to do something, but you can't do for everybody. It's just very difficult. So one last thing here. Um, does it surprise you that more teams like don't hire you on the rebounding thing? I was thinking like, you know, the, the, I mean, you're being one, <laughs> one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Like, how would you not bring in Dennis Rodman just to work with the well, guys people, on rebounding? Well, people don't people don't want to do anything. Want have nothing to do with me at all. It's, I think guess in sports, you know, I don't know why, but I guess I never I never was intrigued to do stuff. I wanted to leave basketball and and, and try something different. You know, a lot of people here in New York used to hate A-Rod. And look at A-Rod. He's coaching now. He's buying a baseball team. He's welcome to come back here now. You know, the best medicine to, to win people back over, especially in America, to have a real good second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance, win. Just win. And then one thing, because we are, we are the most forgiving people on the planet, Americans. We're the most forgiving people on this damn planet. So... Are you having fun? I'm going to close on this note. Are you having fun? Am I reading you right? It seems like you're pretty even these days. Are you good? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. It's all good. I work out every day. You work out? Every day. Do you? <laughs> every day. <laughs> Do you? He does. Yeah, I'm in not. fact, tomorrow morning we got a game at 9. You know, we could we could count you in if you want to just run with us. I need somebody to rebound for me. He's playing tomorrow. I got to go back to L.A. tomorrow. All right. Maybe next time you're in town, we can get you in for a game. I'd love to have you on my court. I'm always at the JCC when I'm up there in Jersey. 
Yeah, I mean, scars. I, I, I could get you into my court, though. We can. Yeah, we've had some. Yeah, I, I usually what I do is I bet people, and then I then I show up with you. Right. <laughs> get your five, you know. And I know, right? But um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great day Sunday, huh, for Derek Jeter, huh? What's your thought on Derek Jeter? And, and listen, honestly, I mean, you know, forgetting all these people here watching, give me your honest feeling when you see a Derek Jeter. How does that what, how does that resonate with you? When you when you watch it when you watch a player like this now the way he's getting honored, it's cool, man. I mean the fact that Derek G was like Michael Jordan in baseball. That's how that's how big he was. But he was more so so solid about his game. I mean every day he came to play every day. I mean every day you could count on him all all the time, just like Michael Jordan. You could count on. I think Michael Jordan missed maybe ten games his whole career. Ten games. Because he had an injury with his ankle, ten games. He loved and, playing. And Derek Jeter played. I mean, he yeah. Derek Jeter played every day, every night. You would have liked to play with Derek if you were playing baseball. Oh yeah, Michael Jordan said the same thing about me. He said if I had to pick anyone that, that I'm a uh, build a team with, it'd be Dennis Rodman. And Phil Jackson said at his alma mater in Montana, he did a seminar in front of like ten thousand people. And someone asked him, "Who was the best basketball player you ever coached?" He said, it's going to surprise you guys. He said, Dennis Rodman. Why? <laughs> I couldn't tell you that. <laughs> I said, I Were you, you said, that coachable, though? I'm sorry, I don't, when I think of you, I'm like, man, you got those rebounds, but you must have been a real pain in the butt in those huddles. But because you, know, you always seem very acclimated and animated. And, but were you a very coachable guy? What's, what's the difference between when I did it back then but I was winning at that same time, winning, you know, playing, doing movies, wrestling, and stuff like that. And what's the difference than what they're doing today? It's a lot worse today when I was doing it back then. It's a lot worse today what they're doing today. And so I don't know what, what's the difference. Yeah. Phil Jackson, I, I'm, got, I'm going back to Phil on that. I'll get back to you on that. Mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to gotta ask Phil about that because I want, I want to know why the details of what made that. That's a big statement. He's coached. Some players. There's a lot of players. Yeah. A lot amazing. of players. Well, it's been a joy. Um, we're going to do some photos. Um, <laughs> I got, we got a great game tonight. Is our last question? Yeah. All right. Let's close on that note. You're right about that. I did that today with the, uh, the Liberty today out there. Um, they asked me about them. Uh, what was your desire to play defense and the way you did it for so many years? You know, I, I was on an all-defensive team ten, 10 times in a row, Michael 10 times, Scotty 10 times. And so you, you can't teach that. You can't teach that desire and, and that heart. You can't teach that. You just got ass to come to you. It has, you have to want it. And today, when you see the Golden State Warriors, it's coming so easy for them. It's so easy. It's, it means they, they, don't, they don't really play defense. It's just that system they're in. And just like the Cavaliers, same thing. They don't really play defense. It's their system in. They got LeBron James. So, so you know, you can't teach defense like that. Well, we got a great contest tonight with the Astros. That's going to be phenomenal. They're two good teams. And um, thanks for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it.